This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And all of that and where it leaves us for the last two months of the baseball season is our buddy Matt Snyder, baseball writer for CBSSports.com. How are you, Matt? I'm great. Uh, yeah, that was quite the flurry a couple of days ago. But, you know, we had some time to catch our breath. Here's what I said on uh, the start of my show yesterday, and the trade deadline, of course, came down on Friday, but uh, I got on here on CBS last night and said, we can go through all the guys that have been added to the teams and who's it going to put over the top and who does it give them a fighting chance, and I want to go through all of that with you. But the thing that jumped out at me more than anything else was the dismantling of the Nationals and the Cubs. There's one thing to make a decision on a player. All right, you're not going to be able to resign him, get something rather than nothing. The first-round draft pick is compensation. If he's that good, that you're going to tender him with that offer. Uh, Those trades are understandable. But the Cubs just basically said, here's half our team, and sent them to the far reaches of Major League Baseball. And then that said, yeah, so what? That Max Scherzer guy, he's won a couple of Cy Youngs. It's going to be difficult to resign him. Let's let's, uh, send him out to the highest bidder. And they did well in the trade, but... These teams both won the World Series within the last five years, and they completely wiped out their roster. I've surely never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I can't remember anything like it. I mean, we've seen fire sales before, but right. uh, and remember, both of these teams were uh, contending a month ago. I mean, the Cubs were tied for first place when they threw that combined no-hitter in late June. Uh, the Nationals were only a few games out, I think, heading into July after a tour at June. So it was just, I think that's why it was that much more jarring is because it wasn't that long ago you were thinking about, oh, they're probably both buyers and just screeching halt for both teams. The Cubs had an 11 week. The Nationals just had losses kind of start to pile up and they got swept by the Orioles. And you could see the writing on the wall that they were both going to be sellers, but it was just so furious there within the last 24 hours that, like I said, it was it was pretty jarring. How much of it was one team on the buyer's side, one team reacting to another? That if Team A did something, you're competing with Team A, then you got to do something for your Team B. And if your Team C and A and B both did something, God damn it, I better get something done here, otherwise no one's showing up at my ballpark. How much of that was a domino effect, one move after the other, after the other, after the other? Yeah, I think that was part of why it happened so fast, but I both think that they were – that, that both teams were pretty motivated to move all the guys that they moved. And I don't think that they kept anybody that they thought they were going to trade. I think they both dealt exactly who they thought they were going to deal. And from through that lens, I guess you could say they were both successful. They, they said, 
This is what we need to do for the betterment of the franchise moving forward. These are the guys we want to deal. Let's get to work. And they, they sold everybody that they set out to sell. Yeah, I kind of tip my cap to both of their general managers because it is never the popular thing to do to sell. It's always the popular thing to do with your fan base to buy. And you at times have to do the unpopular thing if you think it's what's best for your organization. All right, before we talk about who did what and who ended up where and who actually is going to reap the benefits of it with a playoff berth, how is Trevor Story still in Colorado? Yeah, that's a big miss. And if we're just talking about the Nationals and Cubs, front offices, Mike Rizzo and Jed Hoyer, respectively, getting the job done. That's a complete drop ball by that front office. Remember, they have an interim GM. They already fired the GM earlier in the year. Uh, you traded Nolan Arenado in the offseason. You've got Story headed to free agency. I, I, that's a big miss. I know he's having a down year, but, I mean, it's Trevor's story. He's been an MVP contention before. He's a multiple-time All-Star. And if I'm out there and I'm a buyer, I'm I'm going to think – you know what, if we get him, he's going to have a huge two months because he's probably going to be rejuvenated. He's going to feel like we freed him from non-contention. Now he's in contention. I think people would have given something up for him. Uh, now they're going to, when he walks in free agency, and I did say when, uh, he'll get a compensation draft pick, but that's after the first round. Those are lottery tickets. So I, I, I don't understand it. And last year, we had a couple of guys that actually accepted the uh, free agent tender, which for years, no one ever accepted it. And yeah, I always said, did for a you, while. Yeah. right. And I kept saying, you know, it's not a bad offer. That's a whole lot. 10, 12, 14, whatever. It kept growing year after year. It goes up yeah. by 10%, 12%. I'm going, I, I'm not sure these guys are going to do as well in free agency. And there were a bunch of them that didn't. Last year, we had a bunch that accepted it. Who's left to accept it this year? Because most of the guys aren't even eligible because they all got traded this past week. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of guys. Uh, I, I, I'd have to go back and look. Uh, let's see. Corey Seager's a free agent. He will, he'll turn it down. I assume Story will turn it down. I, I, I've been so invested in the trades and who's going. <laughs> I haven't really studied up on the free agents list. So off the top yeah. of my head, I'm, I, I don't. I, I don't have. I, I just. Uh, the only reason I remembered Story and, and uh, uh, Seager, oh, and Carlos Correa, was because it was going to be this huge class of free agent shortstops that were shortstops, right? Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez, but they can't. Uh, Mets can't offer Baez a qualifying offer because he got traded. All right, uh, the shortstop market came down precipitously with all the deals that came down. All right, uh, Matt Snyder, I guess, there on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, the Yankees were a team that impressed me. They had a specific need. They went out and not only addressed it when they got Gallo, they doubled down on it when they got Rizzo, and he's been red hot since they got him. Uh, it's a little surprising that both of those guys became available. The Yankees were able to get him without giving up their number one minor league prospect. Did they do enough to get into the mix, at least in the wild card in the American League? Yeah, I think so. I think that the Mariners are going to fall back to earth and come crashing down pretty hard. Uh, that clears the way for the Yankees to try to go after the A's for that spot. And I think they'll get back in it. Whether they win it or not, they've got to play a lot better. They just won three against the Marlins with Anthony Rizzo giving him a spark. But they still those were nail biters, and the Marlins are not good. So uh, we'll see. Uh, they've got to get right. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that need to get right. But – uh, they've needed to balance that lineup for the worst in the worst way for so long, and I, I always would kind of look and like one of the hallmarks of the Yankees for years was left-handed hitters taking advantage of that short porch in Yankee Stadium, and they've yep. got all these huge sluggers and they're all right-handed. So it was a good move to go out and get Gallo and then double down on that strategy and go get Rizzo. 
So now they've got a couple big lefty thumpers in the middle of that lineup. I really like it for them. Agreed. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the Mariners and uh, the fact that they're right there neck and neck with the Yankees just outside the wild card uh, spot. Um, and you think they're coming back down to earth. Well, in part, they're going to have caused that themselves. Why yeah. did they trade Kendall Graveman, their closer who had been dynamite? I know he's a former failed starter, but he made the transition to the pen, pitched well in the middle. They put him on the back end. All he does is get guys out. Uh, I know Jerry DePoto said, well, it's just one of many moves we're going to make. But then they didn't make any other moves, and I don't know what he's talking about for 2022 or 2023, but yeah. it didn't seem to help yeah. the team at all this year. What did the Mariners do there? My, my hunch is he, he was thinking exactly what I just said, like this, these guys are not that good. We're, we're still sticking to the plane that we're shooting for 2022 or 2023 with this group. I can't off of this path just because we're only a couple games out of the second wild card, which is only a one game playing at the playoffs. I, I assume this was all his, that was his mindset. The problem for me is you've got a fan base who has the longest playoff drought in baseball. You've got a clubhouse full of guys who now have no trust in their general manager to help them because they're looking at all these other contending teams, adding all these guys, and then they're subtracting one of their most important relievers. Uh, and that came off. They can't have like a, what, seven-run seven comeback win Monday night, and then Tuesday they get this gut punch. You have to be in that clubhouse thinking, we've got something special going here. They're not thinking they're going to come back to earth and come to a screeching halt. They're thinking we've got something special here, and we're going to catch the A's, and we're going to make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden the GM says, oh, by the way, I traded your closer. That's, it's just the optics are terrible for the players and the fans. We're talking to uh, our buddy Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com about, about uh, the Major League Baseball trades that all came down this week, leading here into the last two-month sprint to uh, the playoffs. Uh, you mentioned Corey Seager earlier, who just came back off the IL and is back in the Dodger lineup, but they're having to juggle their lineup around because they've now got two shortstops in Seager and Trey Turner, who they traded for. Uh, yeah. Certainly it helps them uh, position themselves to make a run to defend their title this year. But going forward, do they now not attempt to sign Seager? Do they just throw the tag on him to get a first-round compensatory pick and make Turner their shortstop? Are they going to play Turner somewhere else for now? They're playing him at second and uh, or um, him at third and they Turner over to second, second base. Today. Uh, yeah, they're they're making it up as they go along. It's a really talented lineup, anyway. You put it out there, but defensively, it could be challenged. What does it do for the future of the Dodgers past this season? Um, my guess would be now things can change. I mean, Trey Turner might, might like blow his ACL out at the end of the year or something. But my uh, my guess would be that yeah, once Trey Turner became available. They were probably already thinking about maybe we'll let Corey Seager walk. I mean, he's the tallest shortstop in baseball history. As he gets up there in age, I assume he's going to have to move. That will make him less valuable when he moves away from short. So I think with Turner through, under team control through next year, they're probably going to say we're just going to let Corey walk, and then they'll hand the shortstop keys to Turner for next year and see if they can get an extension done with Trey Turner and just have him be the long-term shortstop now. So, yeah, my, my guess is, that, yeah, right when they saw Turner was available, they thought, hey, let's do this. All right, and I'm going to ask you the same question about Max Scherzer, who will get his first start for the Dodgers on Wednesday and make plenty over the last two months and maybe the guy that they call on to pitch that all-important uh, wild-card game if that's where they end up finishing and don't catch the Giants. 
Um, Scherzer could win over a lot of hearts and minds there in L.A., and he's going to be a free agent oh, yeah. at the end of the year. There is no uh, uh, franchise tender for a guy like him, but will they look to keep him? They've still got to figure out what or if they've got anything with Trevor Bauer, and he's got a, yeah. a, a player option for next year, which I'm guessing he's going to pick up because he's got some mud attached to him right now. Um, that's a whole lot of money they got invested into that pitching staff, and they got deeper pockets than, than anyone else in baseball. Is Max Scherzer going to be a pure rental, or what percentage would you put on him returning to the Dodgers for next year? Uh, yeah, I'll go like. 20, 25%. I think a lot of it ha- is going to have to do with the Bauer situation. If somehow, I don't know as much about contracts in, in, in this front, but it feels like there's a non-zero chance that it's possible they get out of that. If they somehow get out of the Trevor Bauer deal, I think they'll shift all that money and you'd go after Scherzer on like a three-year deal. And then I think they probably would be able to land them if that happened. If they don't get out of it, I, they might still make a run at them. They have deeper pockets than anybody else in baseball. But I think there will be a lot of suitors for Scherzer on like a high average annual, annual value in lower in years, given that he's 37 years old, but still right at the top of his game. Yeah, still pitching like a potential Cy Young winner is Max Scherzer. All right, uh, simple question. Who's the closer of the Chicago White Sox? Uh, I think they said they're going to try to do both. Um My guess is, at least the way I would deal with it, I would talk to both of them and see how they felt. I don't think Hendricks is the type of guy who's going to make a big stink about moving to a setup role. He just got his huge contract, so it's not like it's going to affect his contract. And he's set up before. Kimbrell's only been a closer his entire career. So I think the the way to keep it the most comfortable is to have Hendricks be the eighth inning guy or even a fireman that you can bring in in any spot where it's just, we need to get it out of this jam right now. You're our guy. And then have Kimbrell be the, the ninth inning closer. But, hey, you could get creative, too. I don't think LaRusso is going to like to do that because he's such an old-school mind. But I, I, I'd kind of use both and just mix and match, see how somebody's feeling. You know, if you use one of them three days in a row, then the next guy closes the next day. It's a nice problem to have. Agreed. Um after all these deals, uh, certainly uh, the White Sox adding Kimbrell was a big deal in the bullpen. Now they have uh, the best one-two punch bar none in Major League Baseball in the back end of their pen. Uh, Yankees looking to upgrade and get into the mix. The Red Sox add Schwarber, who they don't get probably for another month, but it's going to be a real nice addition come September. Um, and you've got uh, the Astros added a nice bullpen arm in Graveman. Still don't understand why the Mariners gave him to him, but um, those are your divisional leaders and other teams. Uh, I'll I'll just say Tampa's not going to do it, and they'll end up in the World Series again because they always make a liar out of me. Who's the best team in the American League? Who's the favorite to go to the World Series as of right now? I like the White Sox. I really think if you look at their playoff rotation. You've got Rodon, Lynn, Giolito, and then I guess you go Keuchel in the four uh, with the lefty in the postseason experience. Then you have Dylan Cease to knock back to like an X-factor in the bullpen along with Michael Kopech. And we just talked about the Hendricks and Kimbrell combination at the end of the game. And they'll have all their thunder back by the end of the year. They just got Aloy Jimenez back. Luis Robert will be back. Yasmany Grandal will be back. Maybe Abreu will be hot by the time we get there. They have the potential to have like – a stellar lineup, one of the best one through four rotations, and then one of the best bullpens with two high-end elite closers. So they're going to be a really, really tough out. And from the Jody Mack gets it wrong column, much like the Tampa Bay Rays on a year-in-year-out basis, 
I thought the hiring of Tony LaRusso was a flat-out mistake. Uh, I'm not yeah. there every single day. Uh, I, uh, I don't know how that clubhouse works. I did hear this from one person who covers the team, which I suggested way back in March, that he needed to make a major ally in the clubhouse of one of their leaders, and he did that with Tim Anderson. Tim and Anderson, yes, that was Anderson, right yeah, Anderson took his back, and that has helped him greatly. But I don't want to shortchange what Tony's done. He's got them playing the kind of baseball that they have. His general manager gave him a lot of bullets and has uh, yeah. built up the team really well. But LaRusso seems to be pushing the right buttons. Is he a candidate for manager of the year in the American League? Yeah, I think he would win it right now. Um, yeah. Not necessarily saying he's done the best job because he has a ton of talent. He had two pretty high-profile gaffes earlier in the season. Remember one time about the 10th inning rule. He didn't know the rule. Um, but it's I, I don't want to say anybody else could be doing this because that's ridiculous. That's not true. But he's not the only one that could have the team playing like this. There's, there's several good managers that could have had him playing like this. But, hey, you still got to give him credit. And uh, they're running away with that division. Um, they're going to be one of the toughest outs in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think he would win it right now. Yeah, I think he maybe very well get that, and I'll have to do some mea culpas. All right, uh, one away from the uh, arms race to get to the playoffs this year story that broke today. The Mets did not get their first-round draft pick signed before the deadline, which was today. You had to have the guy signed by today. Uh, otherwise, uh, you forfeit that pick. You get a compensation pick next year in the same slot, but you don't get the player. And I thought the Mets got a major break by having Kumar Rocker fall down to them at number 11. Apparently, yeah. they didn't like his medicals, and they wanted a little bit of a compromise. And he's represented by Boris, which means there's no such thing as compromise. Um, but he now says he's not going to go back to Vanderbilt, even though he could for another year, that he'll just work out and be ready for next year's draft. Uh, I certainly think it's a loss for him because it's a lost year. All he's going to do is work out on the sidelines and hope that he gets drafted higher than number 11. I don't know if that's possible. It's certainly a loss for the Mets because I thought they got great value with that pick, and who knows who they're going to get at number 11 next year. It's a lose-lose, is it not? It can work out. Um, Luke Hoshaver, several years back, uh, went in like the 20s, didn't sign, and he didn't play the next year, and he just worked out, and he ended up going number one overall and then making a, 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 an admirable, decent career with the Royals and the Majors as a reliever once he converted. Um, so it's possible, Rocker. It, 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 it does make me think that he's hurt, though. Like, why would you already announce you're not going to play for Vanderbilt and if he's 100% healthy? It just... I don't know. I would want to be playing competitively. It, that's just me. Maybe that's just me, but I would want to be playing. So it, it does scare me that he might be hurt, but it's possible it could work out. It's also possible it could work out for the Mets. I mean, uh, the Astros took Clay Aiken, uh, Brady Aiken. Wow. Brady Aiken, number one overall, <laughs> and uh, didn't sign him. They didn't like his medicals. The next year, they got Alex Bregman, number two, as, as that compensation pick. Uh, you know, and, and before that, for a few years, uh, a few years before that, the Pirates drafted Mark Appel eighth and uh he felt it no it was tenth i believe and they didn't end up with a deal for him and the next year they got austin meadows with the, the compensation pick so it can work out for the better for the team um i just i also think even if he is hurt he's not going to be in the majors for a few years anyway get him in there either rehab the injury or have whatever surgery he needs to have and then he's probably going to be okay because guys bounce back even from Tommy John surgery and have great careers all along. And he's so high upside. I'm just surprised that it fell apart so quickly on their end. 
Yeah, on both ends, as a matter of fact, and I yeah. say shame on both of them, but I'm a little harsher than you are. Shoot, you gave me an American Idol contestant in tonight's interview, I which I, 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 I didn't think was going to happen. Oh, yeah, boy. Matt, great stuff. Uh, you know I'm pimping you, buddy, because I can. Oh, uh, I deserve it. No, you don't. Uh, but thank you very much. You deserve my thanks for hopping aboard with us, and as always, being a good sport. Thanks for giving us the insight tonight. All right, have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.